You're listening to the Sweetwater Now News Show. Local news, when you need it, how you need it. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sweetwater Now News Show podcast. Today is Friday, August 18th. I'm Braden Flack, joined by my colleague Stephanie Thompson. And we probably should start the podcast off this way, but... We are recording our last podcast together, me and Stephanie. Stephanie's uh, uh, worked here for how long? Two years? About three and a half three years. Three and a half years? Okay, wow. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we wish you the best of luck on, on your future endeavors, and, and we know you'll, you'll do great at whatever you decide to do. So thanks for, for all the fun times on the podcast. Aw, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get into today's stories, we'd like to go ahead and thank our sponsor, Taco Time, who is introducing their platter meals. They are a tantalizing feast, which combine three delicious entree options, including the beloved casita burrito and two new limited time items, the enchilada and chimichanga. Served with a crisp taco, Mexi fries, and rice and beans, these platters showcase Taco Time's handmade, quality Mexican favorites made with fresh ingredients. Try Taco Time's platter meals or at one of the three locally owned locations today. Okay, Stephanie, well, you worked on a story earlier this week on the airport and a, uh, a lawsuit or two that are going on over there, so... Um, tell us a little bit about it. I would say worked a lot on it. <laughs> Those documents were big, um, at least 40 pages each. So um, wow. it was a lot of reading and sifting through things. No kidding. But we did. We consolidated into a nice little story just for you guys. So <laughs> the Rock Springs Sweetwater County Airport Board has filed two lawsuits against Park County Construction Company claiming that their inability to complete both the commercial terminal project and the snow removal equipment building project in a timely manner and on agreed upon budgets is costing them even more money and time. Both lawsuits were filed against Slutton Construction of Wyoming, Inc. in the 3rd District Court of Judge Richard Lavery. The commercial terminal project lawsuit was filed in December of 2022. However, that was amended in February of 2023, while the SRE lawsuit was filed in May of 2023. Both lawsuits are similar in nature as and as are the claims being made against the company. The board claims Slutton breached its contract, breached the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, breached its fiduciary duty, broke its promissory estoppel, and the company was neglectful in its representation. In both lawsuits, the board claims the company made adjustments to the agreed-upon guaranteed maximum price for both projects. In the commercial terminal lawsuit, the board claims the GMP was put in at nearly $15 million dollars. However, later the company changed that number to more than $22 million. And for those of you who aren't that great at math, that's more than $7 million over budget. Thanks. I do struggle with math. (laughs) I do too, but I try. In the SRE lawsuit, the agreed upon GMP was around $3.87 million. However, the company later submitted a new GMP of $4.7 million, which is roughly a million dollars difference over budget. The claims didn't stop there. The board also claims the company has not stayed within the deadlines of the projects. In the commercial terminal project, the construction was supposed to have been completed by December of 2022, and the new estimated completion date is sometime this fall. 
As for the SRE project, that project was completed 474 days behind its original completion date. The board also claims the company is attempting to extort the board into paying unreasonable amounts with the threat of ceasing work on the terminal if the board does not give in to its demands. The board is asking the court, of course, to rule in its favor and ensure that the company not only completes the commercial project, but sticks to those original budgets in the original GMP. So I don't think this one's over by any means. And I was out at the airport and I did not see any construction taking place. That's unfortunate because we do uh, we do want to see that completion of that project. So hopefully it doesn't delay it too long. Okay, well, we'll move over to the Sweetwater County commissioners who unanimously approved allowing 307 Horse Racing Incorporated to conduct perimutual wagering on live horse racing, historic horse racing, and simulcast events in Rock Springs. At its meeting earlier this week, the commission expressed their support in allowing a new horse racing company to bring more competition to the industry locally. The new establishment will be located at 1030 Dewar Drive in Rock Springs. 307 Horse Racing has eight operating locations across the state, including in Gillette, Sheridan, Cheyenne, Rollins, uh, Douglas, Riverton, and two locations in Casper. Even though resident Jordan Jenkins didn't have a problem with 307 Horse Racing specifically, he was concerned about adding more gambling locations to Sweetwater County. He was also concerned about its impacts that it might have to the other bars. The commissioners understood where Jenkins was coming from. However, they didn't feel it was their place uh, not to approve a business just because they are already a couple of other establishments in uh, Sweetwater County. After taking everything into consideration, the commissioners approved the request and 307 Horse Racing will now go in front of the Rock Springs City Council to apply for a liquor license before seeking approval from the Wyoming Gaming Commission. So um, another potential business will uh, will soon open its doors here. What makes Taco Time better than the rest? The food, of course, made with authentic hand-selected ingredients. Like the kind you find in our Taco Time platter meals. Take your pick of a chimichanga, enchilada, or classic casita burrito. And enjoy it with a crisp taco, Mexi fries, and seasoned rice and beans. You can't go wrong with anyone you choose. Because Taco Time platter meals are just plain better. Anytime is Taco Time. And we'll just stay with uh, some some, uh, elected official and councils and commissioners information going on here. So on our next one, Rock Springs Mayor Max Mickelson addressed former Rock Springs Mayor Tim Como's letter requesting the city conduct an investigation into Councilman Rob Zotti's involvement with the Bitter Creek Restoration Project. In the letter to the council, Como asked the council to remove Zotti from the council due to his alleged misconduct through the bidding project process rather of the project while he was on the council. At the August 1st meeting, the council accepted the letter, but no comments were made at that time. However, that changed at this week's meeting when Mayor Mickelson publicly addressed the letter saying he reached out to DCI, who then referred him to prosecuting and Johnson County attorney Tucker Ruby. Mr. Ruby was explicitly clear that no council member at that time broke the law. Mickelson went on to say that the city's perspective in this issue is that it is closed and has already been resolved. 
What Mr. Como decides to do with this information is up to him, Mickelson said. Okay. Moving over to Green River City Council, uh, Mayor Pete Rust raised concerns about motorcyclists and electric bikes uh, using the green belt at the Green River Council meeting earlier this week. Russ said there was a case involving a young motorcycle rider using the green belt and causing a safety risk. He said by the time he reported it, the person was obviously long gone. Russ said having motorcycles on the green belt is not a good idea and is a safety concern as well. According to Russ, in the incident he witnessed, the young motorcycle rider didn't slow down and expected a woman pushing a baby stroller to move out of the way. While Rust isn't suggesting the city ban electric bikes from the green belt, he is asking the city to look into a way to improve the safety. Rust said someone can't drive down the green belt at 35 miles per hour. Uh, Councilman Gary Kilpack suggested the city look at what other communities are doing to address this issue and come up with their own plan. He said some cities have uh, passing zones and even speed limits on their recreational paths. So uh, be be safe and be on the lookout out there. <laughs> All right. The next story uh, is coming from Olivia Kana, who has been working for over a week. And we are finally able to obtain some information on this that we can pass on. So employees at Castle Rock Ambulance have been trying to form a union. According to a statement from Castle Rock Hospital District Board Chair Dan Stanton, on August 7th, the United Steel, Paper and Forestry, Rubber, Manufacturing, Energy, Allied Industrial and Service Workers International Union filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board asking for an election to represent a bargaining union of employees at the Rock at the Castle Rock Ambulance Service. After reviewing the crest, however, the hospital district's attorneys filed a position statement with the NLRB stating that the federal agency has no jurisdiction over the district and therefore it cannot process the petition. The statement goes on to say that since the district is considered an exempt political subdivision, it is outside of their jurisdiction. Stanton stated the district believes that representatives of a large international union are not in the best interest of its employees, patients, district, or the community. So we'll keep an eye on this one. I think there's going to be more coming with this. Um, So we'll just keep track of it. Sounds good. Well, Stephanie, uh, you're never too old to learn something new. Um, 73-year-old Rock Springs resident and local business owner, Daryl Felbaum, is an example of this, and he is in the process of obtaining his bachelor's degree after more than 50 years. Daryl attended North Dakota State University in Fargo, North Dakota from uh, 1967 to 1971. And at that time, he was pursuing history, education, and geography Uh, majors, but he didn't complete the student teaching requirement hours needed to graduate. Daryl had a successful career at the time and decided to leave North Dakota State University. Um, And over the years, Daryl owned and operated numerous successful businesses, including Bombers, Marty's, and most recently, Boar's Tusk Steakhouse. However, when Daryl sold Marty's and Bombers, he thought he was going to retire, but quickly learned, as many do, that he didn't have any hobbies. That's when he purchased the old Coyote Creek building and opened Boar's Tusk Steakhouse. Since the restaurant is only open in the evenings, Daryl still had more time on his hands than he wanted, so he decided it was a good time to go back to school. And, you know, in addition, it was something that he always wanted to do. 
However, he's not physically going to be on, uh, you know, the campus there at North Dakota State University, but he's finishing the four classes required online. And while online learning has created some roadblocks for Daryl, he didn't let that get in the way of learning something new and completing three of his four classes required for graduation. Daryl has one more class to complete before he can finally walk across the stage and receive that diploma that he's been waiting so long for. And that will happen in December. So congrats to Daryl and, you know, way to be a great example of, you know, you're never too old to do anything, right? So very cool. Yeah, that was a fun interview. All right, so we do have some notable news. The 18th annual Art on the Green 24-hour live art competition will take place Friday and Saturday in Green River at Expedition Island Pavilion. The competition starts on Friday, or rather it started this morning, and ends Saturday at 11. So be sure and go check those out. Those are always so much fun to look at. They, they really are. And, and my favorite part that's uh, <laughs> also taking place on Friday, on Friday today um, is the annual Cajun Shrimp Boil at Expedition Island. You can purchase a 5 p.m. ticket or a 6 p.m. ticket, so uh, we'll see you out there for that as well. And on Saturday, the Run with the Horses Marathon, Half Marathon, and 10K will take place at 7 a.m. That course starts at Expedition Island and goes up the Wild Horse Loop Tour and then returns back. Okay, awesome. Well, for this and uh, all of our other stories from the week, you can find all of our content at sweetwaternow.com. And we'd like to thank our sponsors of today's podcast, Taco Time. Taco Time's introducing their platter meals, a tantalizing feast that combines three delicious entree choices, including the beloved casita burrito and two new limited time items, the enchilada and chimichanga. Served with a crisp taco, Mexi fries, and rice and beans, these platters showcase Taco Time's handmade, quality Mexican favorites made with fresh ingredients. Try Taco Time's platter meals at one of three locally owned locations today. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Sweetwater Now News Show podcast. We'd like to thank you for tuning in and always supporting us on a weekly basis. Be sure to share the pod with your friends or family members and uh, keep them up to date on what's going on in our community. So with that said, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week and have a wonderful Wyoming weekend.